Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Ay 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, episode 169, Ranger Merch Review, Boom Studios, Power Ranger Comics, Part 10, The End of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, plus we have a special Ranger Command interview with Ryan Parrott, recorded on October 20th, 2020. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your host. I'm Eric, also known as b 47 And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Chris P., Steve F., Doug F., AJW, Tyler W., Tyler B., Tyler D., Eric D., Jacob P, Steve M, Liz M, Craig M, Callum M, Mason M, Hassan A, Bo H, Raheem Y, Derek G, and Teresa B for supporting us this month. Hey, Zach, how are you doing? Hey, I am just, you know, there's there's been some interesting developments in the last, oh, 12 hours, and <laughs> yes. uh, boy, howdy, but we're here today to talk about comics. I'm caught up with the comics now. Um, very awesome. excited to talk about some of these these amazing issues that I've read. That's great. Like you know, usually for these Boom Studios comics reviews, we you know usually get a little bit of a, a roundtable together with uh, some of our other friends. But this is special today because we're actually releasing this episode on a Wednesday when Mighty Morphin 55 comes out. And at the end of this episode, you'll hear an interview that I did today with Ryan Parrott regarding issue 55 and the future of the Power Ranger comics coming up. So it's a very great interview. Uh, we really appreciate Ryan Parrott for taking the time out of his schedule. And we thank Boom Studios for helping set all of that up today. So very exciting. Yeah, I think needless to say, there's huge spoilers. So please don't listen if you're not caught up or if you don't care about spoilers, then just know that we're going to talk a lot about the, the comic that is out today. So yes, the comic is out today. We are releasing this after the embargoed time that boom studios has sent us uh, much like the episode that we did for power rangers 50 uh, a few months back where we interviewed ryan for that again special episode on a wednesday you love to see it so yes be warned there are spoilers for the end of power rangers 55 for the whole issue in general because we are reviewing it so definitely listen to this after you read that issue but in news all of the news is comics related to go with this comics episode uh, so first off like we said mighty Morphin power rangers 55 is out now uh last week Boom Studios gave us a first look at some of the panels. And then uh, last Friday, we also got our typical preview that we always release for these issues. And I was able to do a spoiler-free review of that. Uh, you can always find those mainly on the Fridays before a new issue drops. So I'm sure this Friday, 
Uh, we're going to review all about uh, Sins of the Future coming up and uh, Dragon New Dawn issue three, which are out next Wednesday. So Power Rangers 55 is out now. You can either read it. You can check out a review. We'll have links in the show notes. And uh, like we said, next Wednesday, Draken New Dawn issue three, the final issue for that miniseries is out. We have a first look for that. Like I said, we'll probably have a spoiler free review and preview uh, on Friday. And also on the same day, the sins of the future Power Rangers time force graphic novel is also out next Wednesday. So big, big time for Power Rangers. And it doesn't stop there because the week after is Mighty Morphin issue one, the start of the Power Rangers unlimited power era that is out Wednesday, November 4th. And the week after that is Power Rangers issue one out November 11th. So we have a month straight, four Wednesdays straight of new comics for Power Rangers. It's amazing. Like it now is the best time to be a fan of the comics because there's just so much great content coming down the pipeline. Like you said, it's a full month basically of of nothing but new issues coming out of the different series, and it's it's great. I you know it's, I'm very excited to see where the future of this franchise in comic form goes. Yeah, me too. And you can also see a first look of Mighty Morphin issue one on our site as well. These were preview pages without the text bubbles, but you see some of the art from artist Marco Renna. I love his style. It fits very much with all of the other artists that have worked on Power Rangers. There's a good like visual continuity there. And yeah. Uh, I think Ryan Parrott actually tweeted out that, you know, we haven't even seen anything yet. They're, they're saving the good stuff for this issue and power Rangers number one. And that series will be drawn by artist Francesco Mortarino. And he returns from the end run that he did on go, go power Rangers. So it's great to see him come back as an artist. It, hasn't skipped a beat with his work in go, go power Rangers. I'm really glad that he's focusing on the Omega Rangers. And again, just really great artwork coming up. We'll share all the previews and, and reviews for that. So that's really all of the news. There's a, there's a lot of comic stuff coming out this month. Um, and I've been keeping track of the variant covers. And I think between these three issues, there's something like over 55 variant covers through the main variants and through the various retailer exclusives. So it's I think about the way yeah. you're posting about the variants on Twitter. I just picture you sitting there, like basically tearing your hair out. Like what? There's another variant. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I've reached a point now where I've made my mind because it's two new series. I'm essentially just going to collect what my uh, comic shop guy is able to give me. Right. And the only series, quote unquote, of variants that I really want are those connecting covers from Dan Mora. Because, yeah, that that's the Every Ranger Ever comics uh, covers. So those are the ones I'm, I'm mainly angling for. I did pre-order some of these covers here and there, but... I realized it was going to get too expensive. I can't collect everything. So I'm kind of bowing out, only getting the ones that, you know, really, really speak to me as a Power Rangers fan. And it's just a lot in a month during a pandemic. So, <laughs> but that's my problem. 
uh, I'm sure there's other richer people out there. The only other piece of news that I wanted to get out is Morphin Meat from Renegade Games. The virtual convention Morphin Meat is this weekend. And also the Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid expansion. You got the Legacy Rangers, Squad and Babu. There's a fully painted Megazord and there's pre-order bonuses. That campaign is going on right now. And I believe it lasts through Morphin Meat this weekend. So they basically gave everyone a couple weeks to pre-order this. I'm not exactly sure of the end date, but I think it closes uh, relatively soon within the next week or so. So uh, definitely get in on that if you're a big fan of Heroes of the Grid. So with all of that out of the way, (laughs) let's talk some comics. And if I were a smarter man, instead of calling these like part 10, I would probably call these reviews volumes, but I've already committed to this. So (laughs) um, after the end of Necessary Evil, we had that big reveal at the end of Power Rangers 50, that big milestone issue for Power Rangers that Draken is back. Essentially, issues 51 through 55 are setting up everything for the split series. So for Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers, everything is being set up. It's still one continuous story. There's no like soft reboot or anything like that. It's continuing the narrative set forth in this arc. And I think that was really important to clarify because companies do new number ones all the time. I mean, it's amazing that we've went, you know, over four years with a continuous run of, of numbered Power Rangers. And I will say that um, revealed this week that the ver- some of the variants for, well, there's a special variant. They're called legacy variants. And there'll be a legacy variant Uh, for Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers going forward that continues the numbering scheme and the trade dress with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers logo. So Mm -hmm. Mighty Morphin number one, the legacy variant is numbered Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 56 and Power Rangers number one is labeled Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 57. That's a complete variant. That's the B variant. There's no like... It's not going to be super hard to find. So it depends if you want to continuing the numbering for Power Rangers or, you know, stick with uh, the new branding and the new covers. The story really does just continue on from 55 fluidly. There is no soft reset or anything like that. Like, and so numbering it like that for the variant covers, I think, is kind of a genius move because it really yeah. is just... 56 and 57 the only difference being is that instead of you know having the teams split within one book each team now just gets their own book right and it's monthly now so we're getting two issues a month like we did when gogo and mighty morphin were together Mm-hmm. If you think about it that way, it makes sense. I do admit I was a little annoyed when I saw the legacy variants continuing the numbering, but uh, other people pointed out that I think Marvel and DC do similar things with their runs. I'm I'm not entirely uh, educated on that, so um, that's something I, I don't know about. But I mean, if this is a standard thing, okay. But let's get right into issue 51, which... 
all of these issues had like their own title. So I know when 51 came out, it said aftermath. And I'm like, Ooh, is this the aftermath arc? And then we got 52 and it was a different title. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Each of them are being named for what the story is. I think that was a smart move to differentiate it from these big events that we've had ever since Shattered Grid, Shattered Grid, Beyond the Grid, Necessary Evil. And all of those issues had like their own title bar, you know, with the designed heading. So I really appreciate that, you know, they didn't just jump right in to splitting the book. They gave the series enough time to kind of set up what was going on. Yeah, it was nice to also start with, this mystery of like, okay, what's going on? Why is Draken returned? Mm-hmm. And especially with how they set up his return with him being seemingly actually very afraid of what's going on. Uh, it, it adds that nice little bit of intrigue. And, and almost crazy. Yeah. And his sort of his act of crazy. I, I don't know if he was actually crazy. I think it was a show, but the, the way he is, you know, like, they're coming, we're in trouble, we're all doomed, doesn't matter anymore. Like, that, you're like, well, well what's coming? This is That's a nice hook that kind of mm. gets you. It's like, well, I, I want to know. Because uh, that's what I look for in any kind of storytelling is I look for that story hook that will keep right. me tuning in or keep me reading. Because if you pique my curiosity, then I'm going to want to pursue that. And so I think that stories that do that, be they, you know, comic books, TV, movies, whatever, stuff like that just really gets me going. So uh, when we have Draken return, that I think even on its own is kind of like, oh man, Draken's back. This is what is going on with that. But then to have him also say, something's coming, we're in trouble, good luck. That's like, okay, what could the despot ruler of the multiverse be afraid of like ooh, this is good right and and that was the real hook so um this is issue 51 aftermath uh released july 15th draken has returned and the ripple effects and shockwaves through every power ranger now the fragile alliance between the mighty morphin power rangers and omega rangers may be permanently shattered so we do have the return of Lord Draken. And that was the hook for me too, Zach, was that, well, wait, if something is powerful enough to scare Draken, what is that? And why is he so afraid? Why is he on the run? Why is he doom and gloom? And like you said, that's a hook. Mm -hmm. That is the question of this mini arc, uh, which, which will really find out the effects. Yeah, and again, you have his interaction with the team to where it's like, they're even like, okay, what scares the big bad? Like, is is he mm-hmm. just crazy, though? Is this just a play for, like, to try and get our guards down? So, like, yeah. that, that whole interaction between the team and Draken is also really interesting. And what I like about this first part of the issue is that You know, we have three Rangers with um, Rocky, Adam, and Aisha that never interacted with Draken Mm -hmm. before. This is really their first time uh, seeing him, meeting him. And I like how Aisha almost, like, underestimates him. Like, all right, we got him. And then Billy's like, no, we don't. Because even unmorphed, he's still able to take on the Power Mm -hmm. Rangers. For the most part, until <laughs> until Tommy like thwumps him yeah, a new one. I, I like uh, Rocky's bit when he first sees Dragon. Is like, is this like Tommy's dad? What is this? 
Like that was really <laughs> funny to me. Um, but yeah, so you have the new Rangers interacting with Draken for the first time, which does throw an interesting sort of you know twist mm-hmm. on it. And the idea of like I think as Aisha and Kimberly have a conversation where Aisha's like, isn't this weird for you guys that there's this doppelganger that's evil? And Kim <laughs> is like, ah, we've been through it before. It's like it's so blasé to them, but to the new Rangers, it's something weird. She has that conversation with Tommy. Oh, okay. That's what it is. The conversation with Tommy. I don't know why I I was subbing Kimberly in for Tommy. But yeah, so like that Mm -hmm. whole thing is an interesting conversation as well. Yeah. And we also have uh, Lord Zed return from his time trapped in his own space dumpster during the events of Necessary Evil. He's actually proud of his henchmen for you know at least trying to destroy the power rangers even yeah. though they he said that they failed miserably without my leadership <laughs> but his attempt pleases him yeah i really like the interaction that these space dumpster monsters have to continuously try to prove themselves to lord zed and you know that was nicely set up throughout necessary evil where you know, he really expects them to earn their place and, and not just be this comedic quartet of monsters. The bit where he does kind of find them in their hovel and Finster kind of slips up and says, we thought that you, and he kind of corrects himself. Well, I mean, we, we feared that you were dead. <laughs> right. Not, you know, like, 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 oh, I don't want him to think that we were happy that we, we thought he was dead. Like, let's, let's scale it back a bit. But yeah, so the fact that he found them and said, hey, you tried, which I appreciate, but you still goofed up means mm-hmm. you need me to lead you and you're, you're inept and helpless on your own. And we get this little conversation with the team and Zordon, and they essentially reiterate everything that's going on in that Zordon actually asked that question, you know, what's so terrifying that would make Draken run for his life? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Aisha brings up the point of, hey, why don't we just use one of those dumpsters that the Omega Rangers did? Well, even Tommy says, hey, we may not remember it, But when we let let him out of our sight, he almost destroyed everything. And so they're really focused on on keeping their eyes on them. So I I really like that moment. It's it's only a two-pager, but it really shows that this is a problem that they're going to have to deal with over the next few issues. Yeah, like they know that, hey, despite the fact that he may seem crazy or, or powerless right now, he's dangerous regardless of whatever show he's putting on. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that, that shows a real tactical intelligence in terms of like Tommy realizing that we're not going to turn our backs on him for a second because the instant we do, he's going to find a way to stick a dagger in it. So let's not. The talk with Zordon is interesting because it's it's even Zordon is seemingly kind of flummoxed as to like, well, mm-hmm. for now we're just going to stick him in a holding cell because I... I don't even really kind of know what to do with him. So for now, he's just going to stay locked up. We get a one page here, and I thought this was, you know, notable to point out. We saw uh, Matt a little bit during Necessary Evil, at least the early part. So it's been a number of issues since uh, he was featured. And so uh, we find out that Rocky actually knows Matt because since they were both on football teams you know stone canyon and uh angel grove that they knew each other from that Mm -hmm. so we get an awkward moment where adam is introduced 
And there's that awkward moment between Matt and Kim, like, well, hey, how do you guys know each other? So I wanted to point out, even though it's a one page, that they're starting to bring back these characters. And we'll talk about in the next issue another uh, long time past character that that returns. And I'll explain why I think that's important going (laughs) forward. But I think my favorite conversation in this whole issue was between tommy and aisha because we don't see a lot of moments between them in the series and i'm glad that there's these little talks so the stone canyon trio is brought up to speed with the power rangers the original power rangers so there's that great interaction where aisha's like have you talked to draken and he's like no i don't intend to she's like well geez, you know, he's this homicidal copy from another dimension. How are you not freaking out? And that's where the line is like, you get used to it. This comes with the (laughs) job. You know, you'll get there. Yeah. I know Tommy brushes that off, but when he totally sidekicks that that boxing dummy. The the training dummy, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that really tells you all that you need to know about how he feels. Yeah. I I was thinking the same thing, and I'm I'm glad you actually brought up that point, because, yeah, you can tell he's trying to, like, play it calm for Aisha's sake, but as soon as he just kicks that training dummy over it's like he's got some some issues that we're going to be working through because and i mean deservedly so as someone who has has interacted with those training dummies before it's not easy to just kick them over like they're 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 weighted pretty heavy so i think that that you know is a good way to show that he is very much equal parts angry and also worried with what's going on absolutely and then we have a conversation where Billy visits Draken's cell trying to get some deep tissue scans and, you know, try to find out where he came from. And Draken is just playing so many mind games with him. Oh, and yeah. You have to remember from Billy's perspective before the events of Shattered Grid, Tommy and Billy were in Draken's universe. They got shifted forward in time and they saw Draken deal with that firsthand. And then when Grace originally had Draken uh, captured, there was those interactions with Billy right before Draken escaped and started Shatter Grid in issue 24. So I really like the the continuity here of just picking up right where they left off and Draken telling, hey, I killed you in my reality. You knew that, right? And trying to psych Billy and really get mess with his head. Yeah, I, I, very Hannibal Lecter, which I appreciated. It's so goofy, but I love that he's carrying around the severed Saba head on a necklace, just like... Talking, and talking to, to it, it as if it's yeah. yeah him saying stuff like yes saba i think he knows hey you know i killed you right okay yeah just checking equally goofy but also kind of twisted and i love it i very much appreciated that scene yeah absolutely lord zed starts to enact his plan by sending the psycho slug the terror snail to <laughs> angel grove um, I, I just want to appreciate that that they're having fun with naming these monsters 
props to Ryan Perry yeah. for coming up with these crazy names. Uh, they, they've all been really well done. And I love the quips whenever they fight, like Billy saying, oh, we should just teleport it to Salt Lake City. And Adam's like, I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's... just playing off that slugs don't don't like salt. Yeah, uh, that's really well done. We get a gorgeous morphing sequence. It's always interesting to see how much they can change these from mm -hmm. different issues. So really appreciate the artwork on this one. It, it really looks cool. So we get to see the Rangers, you know, standard battle a monster. And what I like here is Tommy using himself as, as bait once again and distract the monsters while the power Rangers uh, get the, the power cannon mm -hmm. uh, fully up and running. But what we find out once they defeat it, it's kind of like this husk that's left behind that gets transported away. And we find out that Lord Zed used their power blaster to power the green chaos crystal that was stuck inside. So once again, we get we get to see the green chaos crystal that's been featured in the series since the first issue, but he's using it to power the dark rangers and this was great yeah i love this seeing the team of dark rangers form and i like that even kind of finster had a thing like i'm pink uh, all right whatever and like <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about the dark rangers when we talk mm -hmm. about their first battle against the rangers but i really enjoyed the fun that they have being the dark rangers yeah, we had Babu say the strength, Squat say the power, and then Finster, like you said, he says the color. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even make like a, a pink comment. It's just like, ooh, the, the, the color. <laughs> yeah. But the big reveal at the end of this issue was Finster suggesting that they still require a leader, and that leader being Rita Repulsa. And I was like... What? I thought at this time she was still stuck in that space dumpster. That was a really great splash page cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. um, when I read it the first time, I went, wait, what? Like she's Yeah, she's supposed to be in space dumpster. Where, why? What happened here? This is, and of course, I was like, well, I got to start, you know, let's go with the next one. Let's see how this is playing out because I don't understand why she's back, but we're going to find <laughs> out. Yeah, so I, I really appreciate they've done some really great end pages for these to-be-continueds. And again, it just, it keeps that narrative going forward and it, it keeps the interest going. So overall, I thought this was a pretty good issue to get back into the swing of things. Yeah. Again, I had been out of the comics for so long. I mean, I'm basically missed everything from beyond the grid until necessary evil. Mm -hmm. So coming back into it, it was like, okay, I got to catch up. And with this, it was easy to get back into it at this point because of it's like, oh, okay. So somehow Draken is back. That's familiar territory for me, having yeah. just come from, you know, Shattered Grid and, and all that. So it's like, okay, cool. I, I kind of understand where we're at. Okay, and this is, you know, and the idea of it, uh, you know, Lord Zed has a new plan. Here's the Dark Rangers. Here's the Green Chaos Crystal. It's like, okay, this is all familiar territory for me in terms of, you know, being a fan of the show as well. 
So that was a really nice way to kind of ease myself back into it. You know, I will say if you if you have a chance, I would definitely try to read everything. Um, even Beyond the Grid, I know that wasn't a lot of people's favorites, but there's still a lot of worthwhile stuff in there, especially with Grace and the Solar Rangers. And we really see at the end of Necessary Evil how all of that ties together throughout the entire series. So you know, if if you get a chance, definitely go back and try to revisit that. I know it's a lot. <laughs> it's so much I've missed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely have enjoyed what I've been caught up with. Um, I did start catching up from issue 50. So I did catch the tail end right. of Necessary Evil arc, which was interesting. And, and I liked how it set up what's going on with this arc. Right. There's a lot to process, obviously, but, you know, I think anyone who, who reads this and they do that consciously, you know, especially with this new number one, they want to get new readers in. I know 51, 55 issues, that's, you know, kind of daunting for new readers. And so I understand their rationale behind it, but I think people get more out of it if you've read the whole thing. And you know, sometimes I have to remind myself to go back and reread things because I think they've done a pretty good job of consistently referring back to past events. The internal continuity of the comics is pretty strong as well. Mm -hmm. So moving on to issue 52, which is called Enemy of My Enemy. Uh, This was released uh, two weeks after 51 on July 29th, 2020. Uh, You can tell they were definitely catching up after, you know, all the pandemic slowdown with the comics industry. Yeah. Um, So as tensions rise between the Omega Rangers and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers over the return of Draken, and, you know, some of these solicitations are really showing, like, what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't seen those tensions yet. Yeah, exactly. Kimberly takes it upon herself to interrogate their new prisoner. Meanwhile, a team of Rangers, which is the Omega Rangers, on a crucial intergalactic mission come face to face with the herald of a new threat heading straight for earth so that's why you know solicitations can always the wording on those can always be a little tricky Mm -hmm. but so the last issue was just fully the mmpr team and throughout this arc you'll see them bounce back and forth between the teams without the benefit of like it was in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Go-Go Power Rangers during Necessary Evil. It seemed like the back and forth was fine there, but reading these monthly, reading them straight through, it's fine. But, Mm -hmm. you know, reading these month to month, I think at one point it was like a whole month between... Well, yeah, it was like issue 53, the Power Rangers actually fight the Dark Rangers. And then 55, we get the conclusion of that. And with the a fully Omega Ranger story in the middle. So 51 was like, hey, this is the Power Rangers, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers story. This issue was a mix between the two. Then you go Power Rangers, Omega Rangers, Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. And month to month, that was frustrating to me, but rereading these, it's, it's not really a problem. It's just how the, the narrative was flowing. I mean, I, I definitely could see how it would be frustrating on that month to month basis. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I read them back to back, so I was fortunate to read them that way. 
Um, but yeah, you know, you're hyped up for, you know, oh my gosh, Rita is back. What's that mean? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to, we're going to jump over to the Omega Rangers. It's like, well, but what happened with, with Rita? What's that about? I want to know more about that. Go back. So I can understand. Yes, it could be frustrating when you're reading the month to month, but I think it also does kind of help for the excitement I think yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, I, I remember they're going to do that. I really want to, you know, I got to read the next issue to find out what that's about. But, yeah, I think it also kind of helps serve to prep for the fact that we are splitting the books. And it's like, okay, yeah. Mighty Morphin is going to be about the Mighty Morphin team and Power Rangers is going to be about the Omega team. So it's kind of setting you up to temper your expectations of what the book split is actually going to be like. Right. And if you're a longtime reader, you're no stranger to this. If you were keeping up with go, go and mighty Morphin. Exactly. So yeah, but now completely splitting them up, but having that same narrative throughout is really helpful. So I actually talked about that with Ryan in in the interview coming up. Mm. So this issue We get this great scene with Zach playing this alien ball game with the kids at Safe Haven. And it's a cute moment, but they have plans to take some of the refugees back to their home planet. We are introduced to the Spectrum 2 because the first Spectrum, the Omega Ranger ship, uh, was destroyed in, in the last battle during Necessary Evil. So it's a brand new ship. Uh, we get introduced to it through uh, Zach and Z, which I really liked. I, I really liked Z's character. He's super sarcastic, and I love that interaction. Same. I love snarky robots. Snarky robots to me are just always one of my favorite sci-fi tropes. K2SO being a big example of that in Rogue One. Yeah. I get very big like K2SO vibes from Z. Absolutely. So having to be like, yes, this is a ship that will be sufficient for what we need. Stop pestering me with your questions. Like <laughs> he's, he's He's got that great snarky attitude that I love in robots. So yeah, seeing their, their conversation, their dynamic. Uh, as a way to set up the new ship was really cool. Yeah. We have a page moment with uh, Trini and Jason about training on the stronger gravity of the ship, which was uh, very much uh, Dragon Ball Z vibes. (laughs) And Jason kind of questions everything like, yeah, let's go back to earth. Can't wait. Everything's fixed. Everything's no longer a threat. He's like, I love being an Omega Ranger, but he said, there's no reason to stay out here if we don't need to be. Well, be careful what you wish for, Jason, because (laughs) things are getting way more complicated. But Uh I wanted to shout out the artist, uh, Moises Hildago. Dude can draw abs. Like there was Tommy in the last (laughs) issue. We got Jason in this issue. The dude knows how to draw anatomy. And I I really like his style for these five issues. Yeah. The art is just absolutely fantastic. And you're right. Like they, all of the guys look like they're sculpted from bronze and they're just (laughs) like, it's like, I'm sure that, you know, if Walter Jones and and Austin St. John are reading these issues being like, man, I wish I looked like that back in the day. Exactly. (laughs) So the last issue, you know, I mentioned the the return of Matt. Mm. Well, here we're introduced to a character that we haven't seen in a long time from Go-Go Power Rangers, and that's Violet Arias. And Violet was in Go-Go Power Rangers. uh, She 
was part of the the prom arc that was in gogo power rangers and she was involved in a couple of attacks that you know the power rangers were there to fight for you know when they targeted the angel grove teens and and all of that and and the different buildings so we haven't seen her in a long time and we're kind of reintroduced to her and her thoughts about the power rangers through adam and to me this was really interesting because violet had the similar conversations with zach back in gogo power rangers and you know without knowing that he's the black ranger she's now talking to the new black ranger about her same thoughts about that mm-hmm. and why i thought that you know it's interesting that matt's back it's interesting that violet's back after so long i'm thinking because we still don't know the the identity of the new green ranger which which we'll get to but i almost feel with like matt and with violet I'm wondering if we're getting kind of like a Richie and Curtis situation from uh, the original television show. And and I had a feeling you were thinking that because I was thinking the exact same thing. I think Mm -hmm. we're getting this sort of, here's a pool of characters that this could be that person and Mm -hmm. time will tell who it actually is. But until then we have this sort of who's who mystery on our hands. It's it's interesting that you say that because uh, Ryan Parrott in the interview, I'll, I'll tease it a little bit. He did say that it was kind of, oh, what's that movie that came out? Uh, Knives Out. He's like, I wanted to make this more of a knife, uh, Knives Out situation. <laughs> kind of like a who who's the Green Ranger kind of a thing. That's amazing. And I yeah. love it. So the fact that you said that uh, is great. But the reason that I'm kind of focusing in on Violet so much is because she doesn't hate the Power Rangers. She just wants to see them held accountable for the collateral damage that they cause to the city. And that was really reinforced back in Go Go Power Rangers. But I'm thinking her attitude also aligns kind of with Grace because Grace hasn't been happy with all of Zordon's decisions, mm-hmm. which we'll find out a, a little bit later. And before everyone says to me, oh, but the, the new Green Ranger in all these variant covers, he looks so masculine. He's like, well, that's not a chick. Well, keep in mind that we've had several instances before in Power Rangers covers where they'll show us a cover And then we get the actual cover and something's changed. I remember there was one during Shattered Grid where they showed it was like the Jason leading the charge with the other Rangers, but he didn't have his dragon shield on. Mm -hmm. The final cover had the dragon shield. They did that most recently with the Ninja Turtle covers where they drew almost an entirely different cover to hide the fact that the turtles didn't morph into the Power Rangers. Yeah, like, that's the thing about art, guys, is art can always obfuscate. It's it's this idea of... There's your $5 word. There's your your word of the day. We're going to start a new new segment on the show. Um, So the art can always hide. I will go ahead and define obfuscate for you. Can always hide the true intention of the story of the book. So... It's not out of the realm of possibility that they said, hey, draw green, kind of like a dude, 
as much as you can. Right. But in reality, hey, guess what? It, it's going to be violet or, or it's going to be, you know, I mean, there's, I went back and I reread, I'm like thinking of like all the different characters of who it could be. And violet did kind of stand out to me. Right. She only stood out to me because I was just shocked that they brought back a character that we haven't seen. I swear to God in like two years in the comics. Yeah. And, and it's exactly for the reasons you said, because her views align with graces and there's a part in issue 55 that i will get to when we get to it that reinforces that point exactly that's why i wanted to focus so much on on these two panels because or these two pages because i think this is overlooked by people i have a feeling that ryan's gonna do some kind of misdirect on this new green ranger Mm -hmm. we'll get to it yeah we'll get to it the next three pages we have a very tense standoff between kimberly and draken and what i love about this whole conversation is much like billy he's playing her oh yeah absolutely because he knows all of her secrets and he explains it because future kim was his ranger slayer she was under a spell she probably told him every dirty little secret and Mm -hmm. He mentions it. He's like, I know what scares you. I know what you're ashamed of. I know how to hurt you and your friends. It is such a tense moment in the story because of those exact reasons. Is because he has that inside knowledge to the point where it gets so, so to the wire where she has the arrow ready to go. It's going down and he has her right where he wants her. Then she backs off and she has that line. Uh, no, you're not my kill or something like that. And it's like, right. whoa, okay, that's, you know, that's dark for Power Rangers. You know, like, oh, I love it. Well, let's be clear. She started this page with the bow and arrow in hand. Yeah, I think she was kind of looking for a fight, to be honest. She was ready to go. And just, I love everything about these three pages because he's like, you know, come on, coward, do it. And he's screaming at her and just his maniacal expressions during this whole thing. And you can even see how infuriated that Kimberly is as well. And Mm -hmm. it's super tense. So it was a lot. It it was a lot of emotion. Like you really kind of need to just catch your breath after that, that, that scene. Cause it's, it is so intense, and you, you have this very, very manipulative evil in Draken, and you have Kim, who is vulnerable and concerned for everything that's going on around her, and she just wants it to not be there anymore. I, you know, what struck me is the line of that she knows Reckoning is coming for Draken at some point, as much as she wants to take it herself, and she says that line, no, you're not my kill, like... She knows something's going to happen. I, I, I can't wait to see what happens with that. Absolutely. So now the rest of the issue focuses on the Power Rangers arriving on the planet Gorvinios, and they're transporting refugees from Safe Haven back to their planet. And you find out that the entire planet has been completely decimated. 12 million inhabitants have been completely annihilated and the Gorvinians who are on the ship they're like hey we don't have spaceships where did they go and you find out they've just been completely annihilated so the Omega Rangers go to the planet and 
are attacked by these new kind of say new form of putties. Mm-hmm. We see a very intense uh, fight sequence. There's some amazing action throughout the rest of the issue. One of my favorite things to come out of this was the Omega strike, which is essentially their version of their power blaster. Yeah. It's always fun to see how the new powers work and Mm -hmm. getting some more insight into that. I I do just want to quickly take a step back to uh, that wham line of like, our people aren't spacefaring. Where is everyone? And it's like, that is such a punch to the gut after the goodwill of like, Hey, we know stuff's been bad for you lately. We're going to take you back to your home planet. Things are going to be great. And then it's like, nope. And it's like, oof. You know, it's it's so hard to to hear yeah. that line of like, our people aren't space worthy. What happened here? Where is everyone? And it's like, and oh. It To me, that's, that's such a Star Trek moment. That's such a hardcore sci-fi moment. And that's why I'm really enjoying, I think, where the Omega Rangers will go in the mm-hmm. future. What we were teased here in 51 through 55, you know, they've got their own spaceship. They, they've got their own kind of robot mentor who knows everything. They have all the resources in place where... They're essentially a traveling Power Rangers team that can go anywhere and are not bound by the effects of the TV show. Yeah, I dig that that could open up in the future the opportunity for like traveling to other worlds where other teams may exist. Like you said, I love the sci-fi injection of they have a spaceship, they have a robot mentor slash snarky sidekick. They have this very cool sci-fi adventure ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And to get to see the, the glimpses of that in these issues leading up to the split, very cool. I, I dig it a lot. Yeah, it's really great. Like I said, we get this amazing fight sequence. Then we find out that at the end of the issue, the Omega Rangers, a fitting name as you have finally reached the end. And that's how they conclude with this first look at who will come to find out is the uh, Imperial. If you read all of the story covers, the story variants from issues 40 to 51 or 40 to 50, uh, you'll, you've seen the Imperial on the last story cover. And I have to show you those because he essentially destroys one of the emissaries. He's legitimately terrifying. Like, yeah. And I seeing him introduced and of course, getting to learn more about him in issue 54, you understand why Draken's afraid. Oh yeah, absolutely. So moving on to 53 called the dark Rangers. This was released August 26, 2020 Lord Zed has released his greatest creation yet. The all-new Dark Rangers, Babu, Goldar, Squat, Finster, and Rita Repulsa, powered by the Green Chaos Crystal, against the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. What is the full extent of Lord Zed's master plan? I love this issue. This was a good issue. The Dark Rangers, this is an all-out brawl between the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and the Dark Rangers. So, we continue from the cliffhanger that was in 51, And we actually find out pretty quickly that through a page turn, this is a putty, putty Rita. Such a good misdirect too. 
Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't realize it until, you know, that shocking page of, oh, man, Zed just stuck his staff through her chest and, wait, <laughs> wait, it's, yeah. it's gray. Why is it? Oh. And so you have this fun, the idea of, of the putty copy of Rita where it's like, are all of her uh, strengths and none of her many, many, many flaws? Yeah. What's amazing about this is it brings back another concept from Go Go Power Rangers with the sentient putties that Finster was able to create. The one that was able to copy Matt during the prom while he was captured. And so you have Finster's abilities strengthen even more because he's able to create such a powerful copy. According to Finster, that he still has her spells, her experience. She becomes the leader of the Dark Rangers, and it's really fitting. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to have her, sort mm-hmm. of this, this copy of her anyway, uh, fill out the team. I think it, it feels right. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it should be Rita. Rita should be there with, with Finster and with Goldar and with Squat and Babu, the original, you know, villain mm-hmm. team. I just want to shout out to the art here because I love when she gets powered up. It's all these like evil looking tentacles, like a, like a Kraken or something that's mm-hmm. around her. Just a really cool effect. I, I really appreciate that artwork. And we get the threat from Lord Zed. Hey, if you squander, if you all squander this opportunity, you will suffer a punishment worse than you can possibly imagine. It's intense. And I mean, you believe it with Lord Zed because I definitely was not expecting to see this Rita get impaled on page two of this (laughs) issue. Right? Like it's such a quick out of nowhere. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Zed is definitely not messing around. And and Mm -hmm. again, his words of if you squander this opportunity... I hope this, I kind of hope this works out for them because that sounds scary. (laughs) The next four pages, we're brought back to Promethea where we find out that this whole time, Billy has been working with Grace and we saw a bit of that towards the end of Necessary Evil. Billy was being a little shady in what was going on and we find out that he's been helping Grace actually repower the dragon coin and they were able to do that with the green psycho dagger again grace compliments him and then he brings up oh yeah zordon's gonna spin in his tube when he hears about this and she's like well we're not gonna tell him and it sets off this argument that she never had an intention about telling Zordon about it. And then she kind of throws it back in his face. What will he say or what will he do when he finds out about the psycho dagger or that you've been working behind his back? Will he even trust you? And Billy's kind of naive here. Like, oh, well, you know, we'll give him a new ranger and everything will be fine. Yeah. Now we're at the point you know, we really start to see Grace's intentions go up against Billy and his morals and his conflict because the whole point of him repowering uh, the dragon coin was one to see if it could be done, but it was also at the time to help Tommy 
Because Tommy, at that point, had not yet got his White Ranger powers at that time in the story. So Billy went on ahead with it because he's thinking, oh, great, I I can fix this. Yeah. We can still have another Power Ranger. This whole conversation was really interesting. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you have Grace who has these, I wouldn't say, ult- well, they kind of are ulterior motives, but I mean, they're nothing sure. as sinister as that. It's just that she's been burned by Zordon's decisions in the past, and the idea of, well, why does he get to be the one to always dictate who gets the power? So they bring up a list of candidates that are uh, available, which are fun. (laughs) There's a fun little Easter egg in there. Yeah, so I'll actually bring that up because I do talk about that with Ryan. A little Easter egg you'll find out in the interview is that uh, one of the names is actually his wife. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so he kind of was able to immortalize her. Which one, you'll find out in the interview. But the big Easter egg for me was R. Steele, K. Star, J. Reese. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Ryan Steele, Caitlin Star, J. B. Reese... No big deal. It's only the freaking VR troopers. It's so good. Like, it's such a great Easter egg as a way of rewarding the fans who have been there since VR troopers was still a thing. And yeah, just seeing that in the art is just, it's, it makes me chuckle every time. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of want to imagine that maybe our Green Ranger is one of those. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is, it is really cool to see this side of of Billy working with Grace in this way. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you're right. He is naive about it, absolutely. And you feel sorry for him in a way because he really is just trying to do what he thinks is a nice thing. He's trying to help right. his friend. He's trying to, at the beginning, he was trying to help Tommy. And now it turns into this opportunity of like, well, we can just, we can bolster our numbers now. We can, you know, Zordon will be so happy that we have this. And then Grace is throwing it back in his face. Are you are you sure about that? Like, is Zordon really gonna be so happy with what you've been doing behind his back? And it's like, oh man, you got a good point there, Grace. Like, that's some that's some hard hard cheese to swallow. What I liked about this was that it's almost like a battle of the minds. Grace does have more experience, you know, more age over Billy. Billy's naive but smart in a good way, with good intentions. Right, and he's kind of learning some hard truths from grace because this could all spit back in his face in a very spectacular way i think but when she brings up draken he completely loses it Mm -hmm. but he has a point that trusting him with a new power would just be completely doomed to fail and she brings up again that he was in their custody. You know, we saw that in the main cover for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 24, the prelude to Shattered Grid, the cover where, you know, Draken's chained at Promethea with Grace overseeing it. So we've seen and we know that there's a history between her and Draken. And mm-hmm. she's trying to say that Draken's more complicated so it's it's an interesting balance because her whole point is he could be a very valuable ally, but only in the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. That's why I was so surprised when 
she mentioned him so blandly because I know a lot of readers and and fans in, in Ranger Nation were really concerned about kind of like a redemption arc for, for Draken and, mm. you know, him becoming a Power Ranger again. It's just in universe, it's such a terrible idea. Like, do you guys really want to shatter the grid? So this is when I really start to think that, you know, when I read it, I was like, okay, if if Ryan Parrott's like blandly announcing Grace's candidate or who she most wants, I don't think that the obvious choice is going to be the correct one in this case. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing. The way that she is so adamant about how Draken could be redeemed in that way of how it's like, yes, he's misguided. Yes, he's done things. However, there would be safeguards in place. I think it's her exact words. Like, we would put safeguards in place. Like, it doesn't matter what safeguards you put in place. That's Draken. He will circumvent them. He will find a way to abuse the power. No, don't do not do it. Don't give him power. Leave him to rot in a cell. So I think that that's really interesting. That, Like you said, Ryan would blatantly put that out there. And if, mm-hmm. if that does come to pass, I, I know he's a better writer than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Getting back into it, we finally see the mega brawl between Dark Rangers and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And they even get their own It's Morphin Time. <laughs> and they're using the freaking movie morphers that were made into toys, but never seen in the 2017 movie. I love that. It makes me happy that I I bought that toy now because now I have my own dark Ranger morpher. (laughs) Exactly. It's like (laughs) now I don't regret that purchase at all. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you so much. Boom. And Ryan and uh, the artist, who's the artist again on this issue? Uh, Moises. 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 Thank you so much for making me, retroactively not regret a purchase i also love that they they're so like jovial about the like when they teleport in and they have their little little you know speech about like oh another beautiful day look how blue the sky is and and squat is like and don't get me started on clouds what's with that pick a shape (laughs) and it's just so goofy and fun and i love to see the villains having fun yeah this is great and you know speaking of squat during his morphin sequence, he's got like an upside down peace symbol going on when he morphs. Yeah. I just noticed that. Pretty hilarious. I, I love that all their eyes are glowing evil and you just see the power emanating from them and everything just kind of looks like it's disintegrating and reforming and it's such a great effect. And you're seeing their morph sequence basically. And yeah, you're right. Like everything just looks so good Rita's tentacles forming under her and the the way that like Babu looks like he's shattering yeah and you know it just it all looks so cool it's really great and I think this is you know aside from Shattered Grid this was such a great fight sequence I think it's one of the better fight sequences that they've ever done and you know when you're dedicating almost or a little bit more than half of the issue to a fight, you got to make sure it stands out. And I love that all of the Rangers kind of like paired off against their respective colors Mm -hmm. with the exception of a couple, but Kim 
and Aisha against Goldar and the quips that they're working on. Like, you know, Aisha's working on, on her banter yeah, that, that Kim comments that, on. That made me laugh, yeah. They're facing off against Goldar. Lord Zed mentioned that each of them are able to unlock different powers that are tailored to them. And the way we see that manifest in Goldar is with these crazy, like, wings that are able to morph and almost be used as blades. And, yeah, like, they stretch and grow. And at one point, he nearly lands a blow on Aisha. And, like, it's super cool to see that individual power that they each Mm -hmm. have. We have Billy facing off against Squat. And there's great interaction there because Billy is impressed that his powers are able to make him, you know, faster and more agile. And Squat's like, I know it's great, right? (laughs) He's he's like, I would have shot myself in the foot by now. (laughs) Squat, like Squat having that level of fun is, is me. Like, like Mm -hmm. he's just like, yeah, I can't believe that actually worked. Did I just win? What's going on here? Um, so, like, the the level of fun that they're having in their evilness, it just it makes me smile. And I love, I love that story aspect of it, absolutely. It's really refreshing. And the last panel that they did for Goldar, he's smiling. The last panel that they did for Squat in his individual fight, Squat's smiling. Like... Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have a helmet. It's like a like a morphed anthropomorphic uh mass that's able to show their emotions too. Yeah. Um so yeah, they're absolutely having a blast with that. And that's that's what makes this fight so different from ones that we've seen in the past, where they're pure evil and they're having fun being evil and given this amazing power. It's so much fun to see, it really is. We see Rocky fight against Finster and Finster also has these unique abilities where, you know, he works so much with his hands. Well, now his hands are weapons. And so he's fighting off with Rocky and they're kind of sparring because now Finster has these swords for hands. What's terrifying is that Babu has essentially turned into like a spider creature and Adam is completely scared of spiders apparently. And he's having real issue fighting against Babu. The panel that makes me laugh is as he gets in through the window of the building and he's kind of like speed walking away where he's like, just remember, it's not a real spider. It's not a real spider. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, that was really well done. And then the final pairing is Tommy versus Rita. And the whole time she is trying to get into his head and he is able to stick the uh, Saba through her arm. And that's when he finds out that, that she's a putty. Mm -hmm. He calls her a cheap putty copy. And we get this very disturbing line from Rita. No, I am not Rita. I'm not some cackling old fool crippled by sentiment and plagued by unrelenting ego. I am every failure, every loss, every defeat made whole. 
and it's chilling. Yeah, she has this great monologue against him, uh, and it continues on like that where, you know, she says, I was crafted for a single purpose to rip your lives apart piece by piece starting today. I am revenge, Ranger. Like, that is so good. Yes, she is a copy, but she's a copy that is far more capable Mm -hmm. than the real Rita because you have that just disconnect emotionally. Right. And Rita never got hands-on to this level. Yeah. So that's, that's what makes her terrifying. There's another moment here where Billy says, Rocky, call it. And he's still doubting himself. He's like, why me? Well, you're the Red Ranger. Come on. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're able to use their blade blasters and it doesn't work like, you know, they, they're able to beat him back a little bit. And so Lord Zed's getting frustrated and that's why he unleashes escalates the battle with the reveal at the end of the issue, the terror Zords. And these things look sick. Yeah. They look like something straight out of hell for my worst nightmares. They, they <laughs> like they are pure demonic looking mm-hmm. i mean you have uh squat his terror zord looks like some kind of hellish centaur you have babu with this it's just it's, it's a hellhound let's be honest it is it is just right. a hellhound that's terrifying uh and, you, and not one but two flying terror zords with goldar and finster exactly well three, three if you count rita's rita dragon which looks terrifying <laughs> It it's got a mane. It's not even like a reptilic. Yeah, uh, it's like it, a it's like a wyvern dragon with a huge yeah. mane, and it's 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 yeah. These definitely have the appropriate name to be terror zords because they are terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. So that was huge. It was it was such a great issue. I really loved it because we got full on Dark Rangers. It was so great to see them get their hands dirty and become an actual threat for the Power Rangers. Like. The Power Rangers were getting their butts handed to them. Yeah. And again, the concept of the villains having fun, even when they're almost losing, when when they're trapped behind cover behind the bus, Squat has a line of like, wait, they have guns? No fair. I want a gun. Like, <laughs> Even though they're, they're, they're kind of indigent, they're still making jokes. And it's like, can I just get more Dark Rangers? Because this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're going to move on to 54. And like I said earlier, this is the full on Omega Ranger focused issue. This issue is titled A New Evil and was released uh, last month, September 30th. While the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers battle Lord Zed's Dark Rangers, the Omega Rangers come face to face with an all new enemy, one that threatens to destroy all life in the galaxy and already has a head start. It's a great issue, don't get me wrong, but like I said, my problem with it when it was monthly was that, you know, we had such a a great ending with 53 to pull away from all of that and just focus on the Omega Rangers kind of threw me for a loop when you're going month to month because then it's like two months between, you know, the conclusion of one, but reading this fully all the way through, this is a very important issue because this issue sets the stage for how dangerous and how much of a threat the Imperial is going forward into Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers. 
It, it absolutely, it is terrifying. Just the sheer power on display. And again, like like you said, you know, this sort of break in the story of what's going on back on Earth with the Dark Rangers. Month to month, I can imagine that this is right. this is like, oh man, this is frustrating. But reading it straight through, and you, it's like, yeah, okay, I can see what they were going mm-hmm. for. With this issue in particular, and we just see all of the Imperials' power on display. We saw a little bit of it back in issue 52, where the minions that he's able to create were already a challenge for the Omega Rangers. But the power that we're shown here is like on a god tier level, like matter manipulation mm-hmm. planet manipulation i wouldn't be surprised if he had some kind of like time or, or space manipulation but it brings a new level to the power rangers where yeah lord zed rita they are galactic threats for sure but the power on display here is on a completely different level than lord zed and rita and it's different from Lord Draken. Lord Draken was a different evil. You know, he's this fascist dictator that has the ability to get more powers from Rangers, and he's got a whole army behind him. Mm-hmm. With Kia and what happened in Necessary Evil, that was a more, like, from her perspective, that was a preventative measure to make sure, you know, another Draken doesn't happen again. It just went all to her head. And kind of twisted the purpose of what she was actually fighting for. That's just like another ranger. So the past two times we've had villains like this, it's been ranger on ranger or different powered beings through sheer numbers. This is just at least one guy of potentially a race that is almost timeless and that's the real terrifying threat that's presented in this issue. The speech that the Imperial gives about how this is just nature. I am an instrument of change. I have done this a thousand times, such as the cycle of existence. It is absolutely on a whole nother level. And I think the thing that also kind of is terrifying is it has that line. We all have a master Omega Ranger. And it's like, if this thing has a master, I don't want to ever meet it because that's even more terrifying. <laughs> right. And I'm wondering if that's teasing the Morphin Masters because essentially that's who the Power Rangers are supposed to fight for mm-hmm. are the Morphin Masters. And the emissaries are different from the Morphin Masters. The emissaries were literally, they were the speakers for the Morphin Masters. Right. And we got hints of the Morphin Masters in Beyond the Grid because the main enemy there was a former Morphin Master. So we're getting like little tastes of this, but if the Imperial works for the opposite of the Morphin Masters, it's it's almost like you got this like the purest form of good versus evil. The battle of good versus evil. Mm-hmm. But on a on a galactic universal scale, uh, uh, yeah, this idea of the power of this thing, where I I mark time in millennia, you know, you're, you're oh. so short sighted, and it's like that's terrifying on just a level that is almost incomprehensible. Yeah, because think of it from his perspective, 
if he marks time and millennia, these Omega Rangers are nothing to him. Mm -hmm. It's like he's talking to ants. Exactly. So this whole speech is going on while the Omega Rangers are, you know, trying to figure out what this thing is and, and what its whole purpose is. They're just trying to get to him. There's all these flying rocks and he's flying. And Mm -hmm. you know, this whole time they're just trying to like jump from rock to rock and power through and, and use their powers just to even get to him. Exactly. And he's seriously just tossing them aside, like nothing. And Mm -hmm. even to the point, you know, he's like, are we finished? This is so beneath me. I think he's an interesting villain in terms of that sheer power, and I definitely want to see what the future will hold for the Imperial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he says this line: "We we have even torn one of your emissaries limb from limb. Do you honestly believe you pose any more of a threat to us than they did?" And that's that's nuts. So Z helps out in the battle with the spectrum two, firing a full barrage of missiles and the Imperial just makes a living volcano. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's very well. If you want to see how alive this planet can be, allow me to show you. And it creates this volcano beast that is just, it's amazing. I love it. It's just, he just, fully made a kaiju with like uh, not even a snap of his fingers. That's why I love this medium of comics so much, because if you were to try to do this in like live action or try to make a movie out of this, this would be, you know, millions of dollars of special effects and and visual effects. So uh, I think that's one of the joys of comics is you're able to do such grand designs and grand storytelling on on this level so the omega rangers think that uh, z is dead because this thing engulfs the spectrum two in flames so they call down the omega zords and we get a very drawn out sequence and the imperial says Perhaps I was mistaken. Maybe your destiny is to fall at my hands. Because earlier he said, hey, your destiny is essentially going to align with mine in the future at some point. You just don't realize it. You're going to fight alongside me and they're like, not a chance. Right. We get this extended sequence with the Omega Zords. Uh, I always love seeing them in action. And at one point, do they mention like... Shouldn't we form the Megazord? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jason, you sure we don't want to go right to Megazord? Mm-hmm. I would like to see the <laughs> Omega <laughs> Megazord. I think that would be great. But I did hear the interview with uh, Ryan Parrott in the Boom Room uh, that Ranger Danger podcast does when they were talking about this issue, I think, last week or a couple weeks ago. And Ryan Parrott said that the Omega Megazord is designed it's just kind of hard to form one when you don't have a blue Omega Ranger anymore. That's an interesting. <laughs> right. And so to contradict that, because Zach still says Megazord, Ryan mentioned before that when we saw in Necessary Evil, when the Omega Red Zord was able to combine with uh, the Tiger Megazord, it was able to like form over the Mega Tiger Zord with armor. 
these Zords are unique in that they have the ability to morph into different forms. So I think that they can still form a type of Megazord. It just wouldn't be the same as if you had all four of the Omega Megazords together. Right. And I mean, in that issue, Jason mentioned that these Zords are adaptive technology that they can combine with other Zords. So I definitely think in the future we will see some sort of Omega Megazord, which that might be a different name. (laughs) (laughs) But we do see just as, you know, this, this monster is like tearing them limb from limb we do see the morphing capabilities because Trini is able to combine her Omega Zord with the Spectrum 2 to form almost like a battleizer. She's able to use the Omega Spectrum Blast, which completely decimates this monster. And then you find out that the Imperial has just disappeared. He says, how quaint, and then we don't see him again. Yeah, he just says, nah, I'm done. I'll see you later. Bye. That's pretty scary in itself, too, because, okay, where did he go? What's he doing? What the hell's going to happen? <laughs> um, so to finish out this issue, the Rangers are talking with some of the survivors. They're going to try to find answers. They're going to take them back to safe haven. And then... We have this touching moment with Zach where throughout these issues, we've seen that he's such a joker and he disarms big situations with humor and he tries to comfort this little girl and he even says, oh, I, I don't know what to say. He's like, I, maybe we should just play whatever. And she just hugs him mm-hmm. and he shuts up. He doesn't say anything. And, and hugs her back. And I think this is a real turning point for Zach's character. Yeah, it's definitely a very emotional moment. And it's nice that we got that little character moment sort of to mm-hmm. kind of cool off after the big battle. And then, you know, you have that leading into Z and Jason talking about what to do next. That's what's the great thing about this issue at the ending is because, you know, we don't get a big spoiler to be continued like dun, dun, dun. It's just, Hey, we don't know what this thing is. And Jason admits that he doesn't know what to do. And so his best option is to talk with Zordon. Yeah. And hope that Zordon has some idea for what they can do. Kind of this ominous moment that really sets up what's going to happen during the split for for Power Rangers. Now we get to uh, issue 55, which is called Second Chance. This was released today as you're listening to this. So again, spoilers if you haven't read the issue. But it's a battle for the ages. The Power Rangers Thunder Zords versus the Dark Rangers Terror Zords. And nothing will ever be the same. Plus the shocking first appearance of the character no Power Rangers fan ever expected. Setting the stage for the upcoming era of unlimited power in the brand new series Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers in November 2020. So this is it. This is, this is, yeah, this is the end of MMPR. And of. what an ending. <laughs> it's, it's so good. I, I like this issue a lot. 
we open on that great splash of the, oh my god the zords battling it is so good i love what moises was able to do with this spread because the perspective on it like you see that one building in the corner because we're looking down at this entire scene the perspective is wild on this splash page you see every zord fighting against their counterparts which mirrors what happened in issue 53 when they were just taking on their ranger forms now we get to see that but in thunder zord form and i've said this countless times whether it's the show or the comics or whatever the moment that you have the individual zords fighting on their own and showing off their individual capabilities it is a real treat oh yeah i I always loved the individual zord footage in the show and so getting that in the comics is is great uh just and and it's the art again it's just so awesome like the detail level is great just the sense of the action that is happening you know you can almost get the sense of how the projectiles would move that the yellow zord is shooting out you can almost kind of hear the sound effects in your head yeah you can almost picture you can like take these panels and almost like animate them in your head because the panels are drawn with such great movement already that, you know, it's not a stretch to uh, see the movement in these actions and you can feel the power behind them. What I loved about all of the Terror Zords is that there's no cockpit. The Dark Rangers are either riding these things or flying alongside them. And it's very much like this wicked witch of the west type of feel like they're all on their brooms or whatever like they're riding their monsters it's it's just such a monstrous and and epic scale to it it really is and i love that you know we're getting the banter as well um Mm -hmm. during the battle which continues from the individual fight exactly we get more of that that banter and there's a moment at the end of this sequence, they're getting their butts kicked and Billy calls grace. Yeah. We get this one panel and this is what I want to highlight. She has been monitoring the battle. Billy says, grace, we need to activate the green protocol. She says, once that box is open, we can't. And Billy says, you know, that worst case scenario, I'm living it. We don't have a choice so grace confers with andrea who we've seen before and beyond the grid she was also on the promethea andrea mentions that it'll be a quick turnaround but i'm confident we can do it grace says then you heard the kid target the subject with the teleporter i need to make a house call The reason I highlight this and what leads into my theory that it is not Draken is because this we'll see later in this issue. Grace does talk with Draken and it almost seems like she's offering him the power. 
But that's why I think this line is so important when Grace says to Andrea, target the subject. Draken isn't the subject. Otherwise, she could have gone directly to, quote unquote, the subject. So that's why from reading this issue, I don't think that the new Green Ranger is Draken. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. It's so great that it's so, I wouldn't, I don't want to call it buried, but it is such a quick page that because of the action going on the page before and the page after, you're kind of quick to forget that scene almost. Yes, and that's why I want readers and our listeners to pay attention to that because I almost missed that the first time. And when I reread it, I was like, wait, I think they're talking about someone else. And you get the that big, I mean, she has a whole scene with Draken. And so you're almost led to believe, like she's reaching out her hand, like, do you want a second chance at all this? Again, that was like throwing off my alarm bells. I was like, this almost seems too obvious. Like, I don't think Ryan would go that obvious with it. That's why that that small line stuck out to me. So when you see Grace on this page, definitely pay attention to that line and mm-hmm. and, and see if see if we're all on the same page, so to speak. For this. <laughs> Quite literally. You know, I mentioned that after that page of, of Grace talking to Andrea, we have probably one of the coolest things in this book. Oh yeah. Yeah. But before we get to that, I do want to point out between this issue and 53 Mm -hmm. Rita has been berating Tommy over and over talking about his failings, trying to dig under his skin, make himself doubt that he's the leader. And that's a pure evil representation of what Rita was doing in the series because Rita created Tommy as the green ranger. When he was the green ranger, she was always trying to get into his head, make him doubt himself, make him doubt, you know, any potential friends or allies that he may have. So to see her do that in the fight really hits home about just the distilled pure evil that she is from Rita. It is that great head game that she loves to play. The mental game of, you know, are you as strong as you really think you are? Do you really have the allies you think you have? You know you were evil, and they will never forget that you were evil. And so, like, that whole manipulation on her part is textbook. It is wonderful to see. Um, in terms Absolutely. of her character, it's it's terrible to see because you know it makes Tommy doubt himself sometimes. But mm-hmm. in in terms of them including that in the comics to sort of back up what you know those episodes all those years ago, mm-hmm. you know, were pulling off, it's wonderful. Yeah, and now we get to the moment with the Mega Terrors. This thing is so cool looking. It's wicked. I love it. There's a whole incantation that Rita does to summon it. They're literally just writing this thing on the outside. I don't even think they're inside the thing. It's fantastic. We see the Mega Tiger Zord sequence. The Mega Tiger Zord 
with the Red Ranger Thunder Dragon Zord in battle mode. There's a reason I think I love the Thunder Zords way more than the original Megazord. I know the original Megazord is iconic, but as a kid, the Thunder Zords, I was all about the Thunder Zords. I had the White Tiger Zord. Mm-hmm. I had the Thunder Zord battle set uh, to form it. Oh, yeah. This is really one of my favorite Megazord designs of all time. And I love that we get to see them in full display this whole arc. It's great. And just the art style looks really great. The shot of the two Zords standing ready to fight. Yep. And like you can kind of see the grime and the, the battle, not damage, but the battle wear and tear on the Zords, how they look kind of grungy and dirty. And mm-hmm. It looks really visceral and really cool. And yeah, to see those Zords, and again, I'm the same way. I really love the Thunder Zords. Um, had all those toys as a kid. So it, it it's a great hit of nostalgia for me as well. Yeah. And Rocky has been the standout for comedic lines. And I love that he's kind of like the comedic, not sure of himself, uh, Red Ranger. Um, he's like, yeah, you know, if any of you guys want to come over here and help me pilot, you know, I'm just all by myself. It, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's such it's such a great line that, you know, makes him sympathetic towards mm-hmm. uh, because he's in this position of, of being the Red Ranger. And, you know, he's supposed to be a le- leader figure. People are still looking up to him because of his color. So great little moment there. But now we get to Grace visiting Draken. She has a three-minute window before Zordon is able to find out that she's there. The moment here, I, I love it because, you know, they have this back and forth where you see the history of Draken and Grace. He's been in captivity before under her captivity. She calls him Tommy. The look on his face that Moises was able to draw you can see the pure rage. Oh yeah. And that's why I love this artwork so much because the, um, you can see the emotion in the characters faces. And I love the line where he's like, Oh, that's why you're here. Redemption. How predictable. And it kind of calls back to, you know, when we saw the psycho Rangers and the psychopath, they were kind of redeemed uh, at the end of that graphic novel. Not everyone was, Uh, happy about that in the fandom. And I know a lot of people were speculating that Draken would become uh, the new green Ranger, which, which we don't know. We don't know if you're reading this comic, you don't know. I don't know, but I think that line is important to highlight because it's almost like Ryan is saying, this isn't a redemption arc for Draken. He's still a son of a that will turn on them in a heartbeat. I like that Draken doesn't want redemption. He's going to be who he's going to be. Exactly. And like you said, this idea of, of even Draken being like redemption. Yeah. Right. I love that. I love that. He's like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm still going to be a total. And grace is trying to give him that option. And then she just kind of realizes, well, you know, you can either stay here and rot, or you can ask yourself, you know, what are you willing to become? So, you know, she's almost teasing him with that, I think, in a way. Right. 
A very good scene. Again, the writing, the character uh, uh, aspects of it is all fantastic. And yeah, like you said, the artwork, just that look of sheer rage on Draken's face as she calls mm-hmm. him Tommy is is wonderfully done. I mean, it, it almost looks to me like he's about to just be like swearing up a storm to her. But or or like b- bend those bars and just exactly destroy her. Yeah. So now we see the fight escalating uh, between the Mega Terrorzord and the Thunderzord uh, Megazord, and Rocky is just obliterated in this in this fire blast. Lord Zed is happy because it seems like they're turning the tide. He pulls out the Green Chaos Crystal and. Now you will fully unleash your power and the shadow descends. It's such a great line too. Cause the way he's like, you know, unleash your full power, destroy them and curse the city once and for all. Finally, there's no one left to stand in my, and it's like, and you get page turn. Boom. Uh-huh. The new green ranger. Never tempt fate. Zed never, ever tempt fate. Like you're getting what you deserve right now. I love the single line on this thing. He Zed just says no. No. Yeah, it's great. And again, the pose is dynamic. He's coming straight oh for Zed God. with his dragon dagger out like it's going down. And you get this great page of Zed being just so flabbergasted that there's a green ranger. And yes. meanwhile, he's getting his butt thoroughly handed to him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, these these powerful kicks that the new Green Ranger brings, they're clashing uh, the dragon dagger versus the Z staff, and they're lunging at each other. And then on that 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 single image, there's the glint of the green chaos crystal in the new green rangers helmet visor and he plunges the dragon dagger right into it unleashing this massive explosion and even lord zed's like freaking out because hey you stop you'll kill us but and it just boom mm-hmm. fantastic introduction for a new ranger i love it and i love that uh just before that uh, Zed has this sort of epiphany where he says, I can feel the chaos energy flowing through you. This isn't Zordon's doing. Who are you? Like, he knows that this ranger is not with Zordon. This is something new. And it, it sort of, I think it almost gives us an insight that Zed might actually be afraid. Right. Because this ranger, if this ranger is not bound by Zordon's rules... This could be a real problem for Zed. Exactly. And then, yeah, you get that big explosion, mm-hmm. which looks great. And remember, Zed's whole purpose early in, you know, season two of Mighty Morphin was to get rid of the Green Ranger powers. Mm-hmm. He was obsessed with that. So to see a new Green Ranger is almost unfathomable to him because he thought his job was done with it. Exactly. And it's that concept of like, wait a minute, I already won this fight. How did this happen? Like, right. 
It's almost inconceivable to Lord Zed exactly. that this would even happen. We see another tense moment between the Terror Zord and just as it's about to make the final strike, the Mega Tiger Zord unleashes their final attack and it's literally like they updated the effect of the Firebird Thunder Zord shooting out the hands of the Mega Tiger Zord. I love it. I even love the thing. That was my favorite part in the show too. And Kim says, are you kidding? This is my favorite part. <laughs> it was like, it was like Ryan was speaking to how I felt as a child. It's sort of, I love that they included the sort of like the grid, the effect. battle grid effect. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's perfect. It's a great translation to the page. And yeah, I love that the Terror Zords and the Dark Rangers they feel it happening because they're like, wait, what's, mm-hmm. what's happening? Something's wrong. My, my terror sword isn't responding to my commands. And then, of course, being the villains that they are, they just start all blaming each other. <laughs> and so, you know, the rangers get that nice window of opportunity and they seize it. And, yeah, it's great. I love it. It's a great action shot of the, the firebird coming off of the mega tiger sword and just destroying the terror swords. On... The second to last page, we find out that Putty Rita has been completely separated from everyone. I think that's going to be a huge plot point going forward Mm. because if she's left to her own devices, that could get really sticky for, for the mighty Morphin team. Absolutely. Lord Zed calls the new green Ranger. You fool. Your interference will not be forgotten. I will find you and make you pay for this. I swear it. But he teleports out there and he's completely slumped that powerless that, on his throne. That last panel on that page of Zed slumped over at the foot of his own throne. Is he dead? Is he unconscious? What happened to him? That is a great cliffhanger for, for Zed personally. Right. And we get these mini cliffhangers. We get, well, where's Putty Rita? What's going on with Lord Zed? Now what's going on with this Green Ranger, which we see in this final shot, we see images of the Dragon Zord hand, the Dragon Zord head. We see the Green Ranger looking up at the Green Psycho Dagger. Grace says, you don't disappoint. In case of emergency, break chaos crystal. Bravo. I'd have given anything to see Lord Zed's face at that moment. Now that you're on my team, I have a few rules. And if you break them, you will pay for it. But if you can somehow find a way to work with me, I promise we'll both get exactly what we want. And that ends the mighty Morphin. And... You'll find out, listeners will find out in in the interview coming up next with Ryan Parrott, that we find out that this page shares a layout with another page in a very milestone issue. So when you see it, you'll know. And when you compare them, you'll see it. Mm -hmm. So what a fantastic ending cliffhanger for this series. It's wonderful. And going back to our discussion of violet as possible candidate grace's line there about uh you know if you work with me we'll both get exactly what we want and the thing that both violet and grace want is for accountability 
Yep. And so I think that's another huge clue that maybe this Green Ranger could be Violet. Mm-hmm. But you can see it going towards Matt as well. True. Because Matt wanted to team up with them. He wanted to be in on the team and say, oh, you know, I can keep your secret. But they never told him. They never outright told him. And that's why Matt distanced himself from all of them was because they didn't even have the ability to tell him. And his feelings were very hurt by that. So now that he's a ranger, it's almost like, well, is getting exactly what he wants is that to be a ranger to prove to all of his old friends that he can do it too. It's such a great mystery, and I can't mm. wait to see how it unfolds. Me too. Me too. Zach, any, any other thoughts before we sign off? Just, I'm glad I, I caught up. Um, I'm glad that I was able to, to read through this arc uh, and be ready to talk about this because, yeah, these comics are great. The writing is fantastic. The art is beautiful. And it is such a great way to have these stories that otherwise I don't think would have a way to be told. And just, it's so great. Again, it's got everything I want. It's got the hook. It's got that story hook where it's like, okay, this is going to keep me reading because I want to know what's going to happen next. What's coming down the pipeline. How are the Rangers going to deal with this new green ranger how is the villain team gonna deal with a missing putty rita and a possibly severely injured lord zed and so that whole thing like i just man they're gonna be such good issues coming down i can't wait to read them yeah absolutely so i want to let all of our listeners know that right after this uh, we're going to have the interview that I did with Ryan Parrott today, full spoilers about that and some future teases for what's coming up in Unlimited Power. We had a great time with Ryan, and uh, I just want to thank him again for being on the show. Definitely tune in for that interview uh, right after this. Today, we are welcoming back Ryan Parrott to the show. He's best known on Ranger Nation as the writer for the recently concluded Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and next month's launch of Mighty Morphin Number 1 and Power Rangers Number 1. His other works include Dead Day and the recently concluded Death to the Army of Darkness. Welcome back to Ranger Command Power Hour, Ryan. You got a good radio voice, man. That, that was a solid intro. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. Let's dive right into the issue because i know you're a busy man and you got a lot of these going on so uh first off i just want to say that this issue just from an art perspective and writing perspective is gorgeous like moises just knocked it out of the park especially with that page turn of the newest green ranger so was he actually the one that helped design the new green ranger or how, how did that come about uh, no, actually, uh, Dan Mora was uh, somebody who did all. He Dan's been doing the designs for a lot of the Power Ranger uh, stuff for a while now, um, mm-hmm. just because he's just got such a great design aesthetic and and he's easy to work with. And and I'm always begging 
for more Dan Mora. Like, uh, he was the designer behind the Dark Rangers, the Terror Zords, uh, yeah. and he helped design the, the Green Ranger as well. So it was almost all Dan. But yeah, Moises is doing a great job. That's that double page spread that he does of the entire yes. city of all the. That's <laughs> just like, I think I wrote, on, I wrote on the top of the page. I was like, all right, man, well, good luck. And I apologize for Carpal Tunnel, but here we go. We got a double page spread <laughs> of all of the Zords fighting. So yeah, but it's just amazing. It's absolutely gorgeous. And um, this issue was really great in terms of, you know, it's set up what was started in 53 where the rangers fight the dark rangers and now we got we escalate to the megazord so what i wanted to ask was planning out a big action issue like this but also to serve as kind of like a conclusion to the series at least this iteration of the series how much were you concerned about giving a nice send-off versus just continuing the story i mean yeah that's the question right i mean that was the I mean, when we started, I didn't even really know that um, this was going to be sort of the end of the end of the run until I started writing it with 51, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew we were we were setting up sort of, we finished a Evil, we started talking about what the next, you know, iteration was going to be and how we wanted to do it. And one of the things that everybody at Boom and myself agreed was that it'd be great to not have to shove 47 characters into 20 pages of story each, each month. And so that's where the idea of splitting the series into two, following mm-hmm. the different Rangers uh, into two different directions would, would be, and would help me and save my sanity. So when we knew that was going to be the case, it was sort of like, well, we don't want it we didn't want to jump from 50 right into ending it going into the new thing we wanted to have a little bit of a bridge that mm-hmm. would sort of set up sort of you know pave some runway in order to sort of launch a series so i knew kind of going in that this is what it was going to be i had always sort of envisioned the the sort of the rise or return of the green ranger story being a little bit longer and being more focused on like I'd always sort of conceived it as a who's done it knives out kind of anybody could be the the Green Ranger or sort of around thing like I'm, I love Scream and I thought it would be really fun to do sort of a Scream style story with the Green Ranger. But obviously when you're trying to set up two new stories, you only have so much real estate. And so right. like it's sort of this a long winded way of getting to your answer, which is that it was trying to balance both those. It was trying to make these five issues matter because I, I could see a very easy way where people are like, oh, they're starting a new number one. I don't need to pick it up until number one. I'll just wait until we get done. Right. And this could just be a love letter to the end of the series. So I was trying to figure a way to make to add as much stuff that I thought people would be excited to see and that would keep the book relevant until that one. And I just thought also there's something cool about the idea of if you this is going to be the last you know, five pages of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or five issues. Like, it'd be kind of fun to sort of bring back the Dark Rangers and tie into some of this stuff. Like, um, just just to say, uh, the thing that I liked about it was that the very last page, if you go back and look at it, is a mirror image to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number zero, the first page of that. So it actually ends and begins in the exact same layout. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to go back and look at that one. That's cool. That's a nice touch. You know, speaking about the end of this actual issue, we don't actually see who the <laughs> the Green Ranger is. So um, that's okay. uh, obviously that's teasing up for the new number one. But will we actually get the identity in number one? <laughs> in number one? Yeah. Oh, I, can't, I can't make that promise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking about going from this kind of mini arc, and now that there will be two monthly titles again, definitely a necessary evil. Power Rangers had that benefit of two books 
to bounce the narrative back and forth. So do you think Power Rangers works best in this format? I think it works. Uh, well, I would say it depends on the storyline. Um, mm-hmm. I think with the way that we jumped into Necessary Evil with the time jump, obviously coming back out of with the end of Shattered Grid and then also with the end of Beyond the Grid, I feel like that time jump to sort of the reveal of the White Ranger, I think that was a really helpful spot to sort of like not cleanse the palate, but sort of like, okay, everybody, here's an easy place to jump in. And this is, you know, this is the storyline that we're going forward. It was just like, a, it was like a simple way to sort of stop and, and reset for everybody who was a little confused with, you know, obviously you're dumping around with different realities, you know, racing memories and all that stuff. So I think that was important. But also when you do that, I felt like we owed it. We jumped over a lot of big moments in the Power Ranger mythology to do it. And so I felt like we owed Go-Go Power Rangers, owed it to be able to touch on those moments mm-hmm. um, and fill in that backstory. So I think Go-Go was really important to that, just to fill in all that space. Because I think if I had been trying to fill in the backstory at the same time that I was trying to build out the two new teams and fight the anointed, it was already pretty crammed. I think it would yeah. be even harder. Um, so I think... And I said the same thing too. If we, if we, when we created the Omega Rangers and we discovered that people liked them and that was a fun story that we could play with, I think it was just that idea that, like, look, if we're going to do them, we got to give them their own book. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers would work really well as an ongoing series if you were just jumping back and forth between the two teams all the time. I feel like, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like, I have my favorite Rangers. I have Rangers sure. that I want to see in every issue. And I feel like if I'm, if you're picking up an issue of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and you love Jason and he's not even in it, you're going to be disappointed. So there's something better about the idea of breaking the story off into two teams and sort of allowing both to explore different parts of the mythology and different parts of the universe. Sure. So the comics up to this point have been doing a pretty good job of giving us like little touch points and and moments from the television show as as kind of like a rough timeline of what's happening. Obviously the show never had a second green Ranger. So (laughs) will there still be technically it kind of did. Right. But that's not what I'm doing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, will there still be moments like here and there to kind of inform us of the events of the show, like where it's taking place or is this truly like a big multiverse divergence point um i will try to be very thoughtful with this answer because i know some people yeah i found that the hardest part of writing power rangers for me over the last year and a half which is crazy to say that was that i had to weave it within the confines of the show and specifically trying to touch upon these sort of major moments like you said what i liked about this new starting off point was that I could pick a moment in the Power Ranger mythology, which is where we are right now. You know, with the arrival of the new team, they are now fully, uh, like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are a fully team with Aisha, Rocky, and Adam, and they are, and Tommy's their leader. And the Mega Rangers are off doing their own thing. I can say, this is where the story starts, and I can just have it take, I can do as many stories as I want at this point in the mythology without touching the show again. And I don't mean that as like, I'm not going to touch the show ever again. I just mean that I want to slow the book down. I want to, I don't want it, I never, I guess this is my biggest thing. I don't want the comic book to ever just be an express train right. to get right to the moments in the show. Like, I know what people are saying. Well, when are we going to get the cat? When are we going to, not for a very, 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 <laughs> very, very, very long time. <laughs> like, I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just sure. like, I want to tell, we built these two teams. I want to, we spent so much time doing this, building a universe. Let's slow it down 
and yeah. and do some stories in that universe. And and that I, I think that was that's something that I really want to do. So I, I don't think you'll see as much fan service in regards to like touching upon things in the show. I just I feel like that if you're gonna spend, you know, how many years Power Rangers have been on like the comic book we built, right. there's the the Coinless universe and there's the Solar Rangers and there's the Omega Rangers and there's other stuff and there's so much mythology. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen the the leaked pages, there's stuff out there. You know what I'm going to start doing in the next run. Like I want to dig into that stuff too. And I feel like if I'm just trying to reach the show, we're never going to have the time to actually slow down and get into that stuff that I always wanted to explore. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm most excited for because you know solicitations are already out there, and there's that sense that we're going to see more and learn more about Zordon. And as a Power Rangers fan, I've always wanted that. He's so yeah. mysterious. So definitely uh, hearing about that is going to be great. Yeah, we're going to go forwards and backwards, if that makes sense. We're going we're gonna to start, if that makes sense. We're going to learn some stuff in the past. We're going to learn some stuff about, you know, there's a, there's a lot. I'm looking at it as like, in the same way that if you were doing like, you know, the way that the Mandalorian sort of works, where yeah. it's like that one moment and you can kind of go back and, and you're seeing parts of the universe from from the Mandalorian's point of view that you you know about. But you're like, oh, I know that character. That's from that thing. That's kind of what we're going to do with the Omega Rangers and the Power Rangers. We're going to show you the whole Power Ranger mythology. We're going to see characters from from future seasons that you haven't seen, but you're going to see them through the lens of the Power Rangers. Sure. And that's what I really like is like, this is where we are in the universe. Let's take some time to walk around and look around a little bit. Yeah. And that's great. Cause that, that reminds me of what you used to do in go, go Power Rangers. There'd always be this opening in the start of the book for a flashback that kind of informs the rest of the story. Yep. That is a, I really like, and I would love to do again in Mighty Morphin. That would be fantastic. Absolutely. I just want to say the, the Green Ranger reading that intro, just the fight with Lord Zed, and we don't see Lord Zed fight that often. That was pretty crazy. Is the Chaos Crystal like completely off the table now? <laughs> Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, you, okay. <laughs> very good question. That's a very, very astute, very good question. Um, the Chaos Crystal has. Uh, ooh, how do I say this? We'll play. Um, <laughs> the Green Ranger smashing the Chaos Crystal will have some very, very important consequences going forward. Interesting. So, well, well done. Well done. All right. <laughs> and then, what's it like? I know you, you you watch social media. You're you're looking for comments here and there. So, has anyone? You don't have to spoil this, but has anyone like completely nailed who the Green Ranger is? Uh, what's your reaction to some of the guesses that people have out there? Uh, well, you know, there's people who hate me already without even knowing who the Green Ranger is. It's always fun. Like, it's just like, you know, just on, they hate me on principle. So that's great. Uh, I would say that, you know, there's been a lot of, I, I try to stay away from it actually. Not, not that I don't read reviews, but I've just, I've felt that for my own mental health, it's probably best sure. if I just write the book the way that I've been trying to write the book. Um, but yeah, there was, I will say there was one person who jokingly, this was like a year and a half ago, when I think when, we, when it was first revealed that, that we were splitting the series in the Mighty Morphin of Power Rangers, somebody tweeted out something as a joke, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly the series. <laughs> 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 and they, and like, you'll never find them, but like, I had the, I have the, the tweet, I screen grabbed the tweet, yeah. because I might send it back out to that person in like a year and a half and be like, hey, guess what? You know, because they said, they made, it was a joke. It was like a conversation between two people, yeah. and they just, 
somebody nailed exactly what everything was in like one line and I was like, wow, all right, well, I gotta work better. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's out. There's stuff out there. I mean, like, there's sure, only so sure. many suspects and stuff, but there's also, you know, might be somebody you might not expect. Um, for so, you know, we'll see. It could be exactly who you think it is, and it could be not. It could be somebody you've never heard of. So, depending on yeah. who you are. So, I've discovered in the writing in the writing industry, uh, mm-hmm. you're always going to make fifty percent of the people mad, no matter what you do. <laughs> so, I'm just trying to write the, the story in the best way, than the one that creates the most interesting character combinations out there and uh so yeah so that's that was that's sort of how i feel about the green ranger all right yeah i I just want to say there's just some like you know sprinkled throughout this like little mini series of 51 to 55 you know there's been some hints like grace definitely put out her candidates and there's some nice easter eggs that, that i appreciated like the the vr troopers that was that was great can I put, can I tell you what, this is, I, I'm going to get in trouble for doing this. I'm so sorry, Esther. <laughs> so there was a, that, and I, on that big screen grab, which yeah. has some stuff with the VR Troopers, right? There was a name on there that says R. Wagner. And, and people were like, is it the, is it the 15th century composer? And I was like, yeah, that's exactly who the Green Ranger is. A 15th century composer. I was like, R. Wagner is my wife. It's Rachel Wagner. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> my wife on there because if anybody could be the green ranger it's my wife and so uh but i just thought that was fun i'm sorry i just threw that as an easter egg for only me and our unborn children so i can say one day that i made her a candidate to be the green ranger that's awesome that's great (laughs) um yeah so definitely uh i'm i'm looking forward to this uh we've got mighty morphin one coming out in two weeks with on november 4th with artist uh marco renna uh, the pages, the teaser pages just came out for that. It looks phenomenal. And obviously with uh, a week later, we got Power Rangers one with Francesco Mortarino, who's returning from, from go-go Power Rangers. What's it like just working with some, some of the most talented artists for, for Power Rangers? Oh man. I mean, that's one of the most fun things about when you switch over different artists. Cause I've had an embarrassment of riches. I'm going to, if I went through everybody, I'd, I'd just, I, I'd be like picking a favorite kid. Yeah. And obviously I started with Dan and Dan sort of an embarrassment is an amazing first step collaborator. I mean, yeah. to have had your first comic book you've ever written by yourself to be drawn by Dan Moore. It's like you're kind of ahead of the game. Um, but I've had some, some great people. And I, I will say just, I mean, uh, Marco, I really, really love when they brought Marco to me and they showed me his work. I was like, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I grew up on like the nineties comic books. Yeah. I love the early nine image books. And like, he's got a little bit of, uh, 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 like a fathom sort of, I'm blanking on the care on the artist, the artist and he's passed away. Michael Turner, Michael Turner. Like he's yes. got that sort of style, which I love. I hope he thinks that's a compliment. Um, <laughs> cause I love, but I love, he's got that. And the fun thing is like the pages they sent out aren't even the really crazy ones. Like, like his action stuff right. that he's done. There is a Green Ranger image that I'm like, I want that. So like Marco's, Marco's bringing some really great old school style energy to the book that I love. And then Francisco, I've been really impressed. He is, his, his game is so, it's, it's really fun when you work with an artist for like a year to yeah. watch their stuff get better and better and different. And they're trying new things. And he's really, uh, we did some stuff with the fourth issue of Power Rangers, sorry, the third issue of Power Rangers. I, I told him I wanted a very different aesthetic. I was like, I don't want this to feel like a Power Ranger book. I want this to feel different. I want mm-hmm. it to be, uh, I guess it's dark and moody. And I want this to feel like a horror movie almost. And he brought it in a way that I could not 
possibly oh. imagine. I love what he did. And like, I cannot wait for you to see that book. That the awesome. issues two and three of Power Rangers are just some of the coolest things I've seen. So it's a really great thing to work with artists that love the, cause like every artist I've talked to, they love, they grew they're like us, you know, they love Power Rangers and it's sort of a, yeah. it's not always a dream come true, but it's like, they get to do, I'm sure there's moments like anybody. It's like when I, the first book I ever wrote was Batman. And I remember when I wrote Bruce and then I put the colon in and he said something, I was like, this is crazy. And like, I just couldn't <laughs> imagine that I was writing the voice of Bruce Wayne. And I feel like that's gotta be for artists too. When they, you can see it in the way that they bring so much love and energy and um and passion to it and so i'm always i mean that's part of the reason when i'm writing i'm always like i the first thing i ask every artist when we sit down is i go what have you always wanted to what have you always wanted to write a draw like what do you want to draw tell mm-hmm. me what you're excited about tell me what you like i want to i want this experience to be what you imagined it to be when they said you're going to write you're going to draw mighty Morphin power rangers so that's my goal always so you know i'm always trying to give them stuff that's fun and exciting yeah and has has any one of their requests like been pretty much like written into the book you give them a chance to do what they want yeah i think um that's a good question um I think Dan, I was really impressed with Daniele's fashion design. Yes. <laughs> when he did Mighty Morphin, like he, he, we were talking to him about like, we want to do like an undercover issue. And he's like, you know, I really like doing, I love, I love fashion and design. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just like a James Bond style thing. And so when he did all those outfits, I was like, well, that was fun. You know, and that all just came out of a conversation because Daniel is just really great at that. He's just, he knows how to sketch. And I remember I actually changed one of the lines in the story because I liked what I, because I didn't know how they would look. And then I saw the yeah. page. And then I have a line where, where uh, Kaya says, man, I don't know how, how Z is so good at designing clothes. He doesn't even have feet. And like, <laughs> He doesn't even have like he's a robot body, and I was just that was all my reaction to Daniele's incredible design. I, I you know, you might see some more, uh, you might see some more uh, uh, undercover James Bond style stories coming forward because I nice. love it. Nice, yeah. Well, I think that's about it for us. I know you've got some other interviews and stuff to go to, but anything that you can tease for next month? We've got two big number ones coming up. Um, who? That's a good question. Uh, tease. First off, I just want to thank you for everything you do for the book. I always appreciate your uh, your comment stuff is really great, and uh, your views are always super thoughtful and great. And I've learned well, a lot you. from them, so thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, but tease out. What can I say that will not get me in trouble? Um, I will say that if you liked some of the stuff that I did in GoGo, if you liked some of the more character-oriented moments, some of the quieter moments, you're going to see that a little bit going forward in Mighty Morphin. I'm not, it's not just going to be running at full speed all the time now. Sure. Um, we're going to dig into, um, well, I can just say it, we're going to dig into the past a little bit, and I think you're going to see some stuff with, uh, I, I guess I can probably, it's out there, so I can say it. Yeah, we're going to see a little bit of Eltar. Um, and you're going to learn nice. a little bit about Zordon's past and what that means. And, um, and that's something that's always been something I've wanted to touch on. And so we have some big plans for that. And obviously the Green Ranger, uh, who that character is and uh, what they represent going forward will be a big part of the series. I can't guarantee you're going to learn who that character is yet. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see. It'll be, there's a reason for that. Um, okay. And then I guess with Power Rangers, like, uh, the other thing I would say is I really wanted to try and make the books feel different. Um, I really wanted to try and Power Ranger is, Power Rangers is going to be a very different style book. 
um, and not just in the art style and the story, but just in regards to how the it, one of the, the just in regards to the structure. Uh, in regards, to most of my issues have been four issue arcs, or you know, sort of a beginning, middle, and we break some we break format a little bit with Power Rangers. There's going to be two issue arcs and one issue arcs, and a little bit more of a, a more of it. But it's all going to be building towards one big story and one big mystery. Um, and we are going to see a lot of characters. Uh, Omega Rangers. The nice thing about them is they are outside of uh, yeah. the continuity of the show, right? So they allow me to bring in and go to places that I that, that I think people have always wanted to see. I will just say it, like, yeah, you're going to see some stuff from some future series of the show, some characters that I think people really love, and you're going to see them in ways you haven't seen them before. So, like, I'm, it's been really fun. It's been really freeing, and um, I'm really excited for people to, to check it out. Excellent. Well, Ryan, uh, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. Really appreciate it and appreciate your time. So thank you very much. Thank you, man. All right, thanks. So Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and rangercommandpowerhour on Instagram and Facebook, all one word there. So until next time... We'll catch you later. See you on the funny pages. <laughs> That's what they used to call comics. I, I, the funny I know, pages. I know. All right. Okay. <laughs> You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at Ranger Command PH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.